Hello, everyone. This is our 302 Thoughts, which is a part of our One Thing series. And tonight we're really excited to dig into, you know, our topic, which is about the student engagement in a post-pandemic disruptive era. So TJ and I started thinking about what are some ways we could continue to develop community, really connect with fellow educators, share ideas, introduce people to various resources that we've come across and kindle you know, the imagination and fuel to have a phenomenal school year. So that's what this is all about. We're excited. We're going to dig into six aspects of teaching and learning tonight that really focus on having a successful school year. And TJ, why don't you dig into our model for this month and some of those practices? Yeah, thanks for that, Joe. I also want to um, just thank our live audience here who uh, came registered Today And I also want to invite folks back. One of the things we're going to talk about tonight is social and emotional learning. It's such a hot topic. We're spending the entire month of September at the Schoolhouse 302 on social and emotional learning and how that should look in schools. And so September 22nd, we'll say it again later, is our next 302 Thoughts. We want to invite folks to it. And we appreciate our live audience um, as we record these we went, took a dive into what we found to be some of the hot topics on Twitter, some of the things that people changed, some of the things that came from the pandemic, the learning and the growth, and we picked six. Of course, there are others, but we picked the big six things that people need to take a hard look at in terms of what needs to stick, what changes we made, and what we need to continue to change in education um, so that we can do our best work for our kids moving forward. And so I'm going to name the six and we're going to dive into three. The first is grading assessment. Grading assessment practices changed um, by the nature of necessity uh, during the pandemic. And we can't let that go by the wayside. We need to analyze what we did. We need to get better at it. Um, but we need to talk about that through an equity lens for all kids and the practices that we need to keep um, and stick for the future. We'll mention a little bit more. Student discourse. This is a big one coming back. So many kids were silenced. Um, if you're not using a tool to measure this, try to figure that out. How often the kids are talking versus how often the teachers are talking. We need to know the answers to that. Also, who gets the airtime in the classroom? We know the research on it. Kids who talk do better. And you'll find subgroups of kids who aren't talking in classrooms. That's not fair. That's not good. Um, we need to reflect on that and um, get better at it. We're using TeachFX. We've recommended that before. Um, we don't make money by, by mentioning their name. We really believe in that tool. Check it out. Next is the learning management systems. The, we cranked that up so well. I'm going to mention more about that in a minute. Evidence of learning, um, collecting evidence. Joe's going to talk about that more. Teacher reflection was cranked up. And finally, like I said, social and emotional learning, which we're going to spend the entire month of September on. That's our model. That's the six. Um, simple, but you got to maintain focus on those six things as the school year hits. And we're telling that to all educators across the country. Joe, any response to those, those six? Uh, any ideas there? Yeah, the um, audience will note. And eventually, if you log into the Schoolhouse 302 website, you'll see how we kind of generated even the model, the graphic, sort of like a honeycomb. 
And that's very intentional because all of these fit together well. And TJ and I talk about this. You can't have one without the other these days. And so when we're talking about really benefiting students and really supporting staff to then in turn benefit students, we need to focus on all of these things, trying to isolate one and work on one, although that makes sense in a non-pandemic world, you know, and we focus in and hone in and put our efforts in a bucket and make sure we fill that bucket completely. TJ and I subscribe to that, but we're not living in that world right now. We don't have the luxury of that. So we have to adjust. And this is one way we believe we can do it. But as we go through tonight, you'll notice how we try to draw the interchange um, within each of them and how they benefit um, one another. And so we'll dig right in. TJ, did you want to tackle one of the first that really stick out to you? Yeah, I'm going to tackle the one that I think stuck out right from the beginning that we got better at and that we need to keep getting better at. And that is the learning management system. So this might sound simple, but Joe and I work with school systems from across the country. And we have found with some systems that every teacher didn't have the same learning management systems. Some teachers didn't have access to the learning management system. In some systems, the high school was using a different learning management system than the elementary school. And worse yet, there was access to learning management system and teachers hadn't used it or weren't logged into it. So number one, we need to stay consistent with our learning management system um, across our systems. We need to support our teachers with the right tools, um, but we also need to have some accountability mechanisms for what that looks like, right? Because when kids go into the learning management um, space, it's no different than walking into a classroom. And sometimes when we see kids going into di a different classroom every period in a different system from the teacher, and that's really hard for kids to uh, keep track of, keep track of, especially in our secondary schools where they might have six to eight teachers at a time. Um, so what we're calling for with this is some very basic models for how these spaces are set up um, and that that's consistent across the school. And the way that we do that is by monitoring, right? We always say what, what gets monitored gets done. In schools, we're doing walkthroughs. We're going in classrooms. We're doing teacher observations. We're trying to support our teachers with quality feedback. And when we're there, we need to be looking in the LMS, right? So this is a key component that I don't know that everybody's doing, Joe, which is when you're doing your walkthroughs, when you're having your talkthroughs, are you looking also at the LMS? which leads to some of those other things like the SEL practices, like the warm-ups, like the consistency, like the organization, um, the evidence of learning and the grading. You can see all that in one space if it's set up right. Um, and I would just lay that groundwork from the beginning of this school year to support kids. And I hope people get something from that because if we don't look there, we don't know what's going on there. And, and, and that's, not gonna be, um, that's not gonna be good for our young people. And what's interesting, TJ, too, is we always talk about breaking down the silos within education. And if you use an LMS right, and a lot of the stuff, material and so on, is co-created, not only does that break down some of those silos among teachers, it benefits the students, obviously, but it benefits the teachers. But think about onboarding new staff again this year amid all the uncertainty that's going on, and they may have resources available to them. Um, doing that well, I think achieves an enormous amount 
um, in such a short period of time. The one I really wanted to dig into, um, which is near and dear to my heart and speaks a little bit to my uh, previous position, is everything to do with evidence of learning. And so I, I want to really hone in on this, that everything we do in the classroom should reveal to some degree what students are learning throughout the lesson. And the shift I want to really draw upon is this turns the teacher into a coach versus a judge. Now, I don't want to say that one is more valuable for than the other. They both have a purpose. But when we're talking about summative assessments and we're talking about trying to get a drop in time on what students learned, past tense, what they learned, that's a judge. And there's a place for that. But real time in the classroom, that's where the teacher is a coach and their role is totally different. As administrators, it's similar to a formative, you know, walkthrough versus a typical evaluation, which could be summative. So we can link that in different ways. Um, but there are just a ton out there. First off, I think educators need to become masters of Google. There's enough in Google, whether it's Google Forms and you having students collaborate, whether it's a Jamboard, having them collaborate, you know, there's enough in Google to really start doing powerful, powerful um, formatives. But there's a few out there, you know, in the district I'm in, we're really taking a hard look and we're going to double down on IXL this year, which is a diagnostic tool because we believe we want to measure students in real time as often, often as possible, least invasive to give teachers evidence on how they need to continuously tailor their instruction. And so we know this, we don't want to make assumptions on what our students did or didn't learn. So the best thing we need to do is test them in a way in which they feel is a part of their learning, not something happening to them, but something happening for them. Um, and then there's some awesome ones out there too. There's a cool one. Now I'm investigating this. It's called Audio Note. Now I've seen online, you can find that on iTunes and we'll feature this on our, on our blog. Um, there's a paid app and then I think there's a non-paid version as well, but that links audio with note-taking. And I can see that being really something for some of our more diverse learners and individuals that might need like some additional help in keeping up. I'm looking into that, so I don't want to get too far into it, but that's called Audio Note. Um, and there's some other cool ones on there as well. We know some of the famed ones, Edpuzzle, Gimkit, um, Kahoot. They all have their purpose. What we'll say though, when we dig into evidence of learning, it should reveal throughout instruction, what students have learned throughout that day, however we can do it. And we say, listen, go back to Madeline Hunter, old school 10 plus two, after 10 minutes, there should be at least two minutes, some design formative that allows teachers to have evidence of what students learned. So we could dig into that for an hour alone, but that's one that's near and dear to my heart. TJ? Joe, because that's so near and dear to your heart, we might need to do a show on formative assessments. Now, I don't know if people will come or listen, but it might just, you know, be something that we do just for fun. Um, I will say that it's so important. We learned from John Hattie years ago when he said, look, 
You got to stop asking teachers how they felt the lesson went and start asking them what evidence they have that the students learned what you planned for them to learn today. And so it's just a shift in the way we think about teaching and learning. And that shift is about a learning culture, not a teaching culture. It's not about what we taught and how we felt about what we taught. It's about what the kids learned. And it's even about what we learned. And that's what I want to talk about here is we became such an agile organization. We're so known in education as being this bureaucratic giant that can't change and we need to impose from the outside. That's not how change works. And we change from the inside out. I'm so proud of teachers and school leaders from across the country, um, in our country, in our world, who were able to become such agile um, uh, people who could pivot from one thing to the next. Um, and teacher reflection was ramped up in a way that we've never seen it before. And so we reflected on action. We're so good. And this is the difference between a teaching culture and a learning culture. You and I talk about this all the time. We are so good at reflecting on stuff that we're not doing. Think about that. We always talk about the stuff and think out loud about how it won't work and how it might work and how it can't work and how this person does it, but this person doesn't. And we think and talk about all this stuff we're not doing. In COVID, in the pandemic, we were reflecting on stuff that we were trying. And then we were either getting better at it or we were stopped doing it because it didn't work. And I just think that that reflection needs to continue. We need to keep trying and experimenting with things, um, even if it may not be logical, because we're gonna, that's how we get better, by reflecting on our own actions. And so, Joe, I wanted to make sure that we talked about a learning culture because many of our schools really became that. Um, and I hope that becomes a buzzword in education, learning culture. What does that mean for students and teachers? Any final words there, Joe, on learning culture? Yeah, that's a, I think one thing when we get into like this idea of teacher reflection and a learning culture, I want to get into a little bit of um, SEL here and the social emotional learning. And we're focused on students quite a bit. I think, you know, within the state of Delaware, um, I'm proud of our state as well. And individuals like Ter Terry Lawler, who have just really championed this work and provide a number of resources, um, is available at any time. So I want to dig into this also, though, for teachers and administrators. You know, we can't fill other cups if our own is empty. And when we talk about SEL, we want to also be able to empower our staff you know, I look back last year, um, one of the nurses at St. George's led a yoga class um, before school, I think every Tuesday, um, early in the morning, but a lot of people attended. There's ways in which we can support one another that I think we have to really dig in and recognize that it's not just our students that have been affected by this. This is every family in every community in some way, including our staff. So I think it's it's really important for us to recognize how do we support our staff? How do we give them elements of the social, emotional well-being, you know, take time, listen to them, and then also recognize that there is trauma, secondary trauma that our teachers also experience from our students. And then they're going to need to deal with students when they come back and that we just take time sometimes to recognize, you know, the difficulties we're experiencing.
You know, we can power through things. You can work long hours, but at some point there's a lot of value in just stepping back, you know, you know, distancing yourself from the situation, gaining perspective and saying, you know what, you know, we're going to be fine. We've made it this far. You know, we're going to continue to charge ahead. That's what we do. Um, but it's something I think we need to be cognizant of when we start talking about teacher reflection, give them the opportunity to reflect on where they are professionally, you know, some of some of their own issues they may be dealing with. And I'm not talking about opening Pandora's box or digging into people's personal lives. I'm talking about opportunity to reflect and learn and grow and really restore yourself as an individual, as a human being. Yeah, SEL for a learning culture. That's what we're going to be talking about in September. That's what 302 Thoughts is going to be with our fireside chat. We hope to see you then on September 22nd at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. You can uh, register um, at our site. And uh, so we'll wrap up here, Joe. We're going to come off air. We're going to take some questions from our, our live audience. Um, again, we hope to see you next time on September 22nd. We're always focused on a topic of leadership so you can lead better and grow faster in your school. Uh, we like to recommend books. We like to recommend um, on our site at the schoolhouse302.com, books, blog posts, podcasts, always on the topic of leadership. I should say, too, we interviewed LaVonna Roth, um, and she talked a lot about SEL. That interview is up, and she has free resources for SEL on her website. She let us know that during that interview. That's so, an awesome interview. Um, her and TJ nerd out about neuroscience that I just sat back and enjoyed. Yeah, well, I'm always happy to nerd out about neuroscience. Whoever, whoever's listening, listen, we'll do your formative episode if we can do my neuroscience <laughs> episode, okay? All Perhaps. right, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, we always appreciate a like, a share, a follow, and we'll see you next time for 302 Thoughts on our One Thing series. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Joe, you know what leaders need these days? What's that, TJ? Sleep. A good night's rest. Self-care. We've heard it over and over and over again from our guests on the podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. Leaders need sleep. One of the number one ways you can replenish yourself and lead better is a good night's sleep. I hear you, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even like thinking about, you know, getting a good night's sleep. But, you know, do tell. How do we go about getting better sleep? Well, I think that's part of your problem is you need a better bed. It always starts with the bed. That's why we recommend Ghostbed, our sponsor, with 30,000-plus five-star reviews. Their patented sleep and cooling technology gets you to sleep faster and longer than any other bed. That's right. And their handcrafted mattresses come with a hundred and one night at home sleep trial and a two times the industry standard warranty. They're absolutely certain that their beds will work for you. And with free shipping within 24 hours of your purchase, it's fantastic uh, support from the company. And guess what? Just for being a listener at the Schoolhouse 302, you get 30% off with the use of our code SH302 at checkout. You go to ghostbed.com. 
to get some sleep so that you can lead better and grow faster. You use SH302 at checkout. Absolutely. And last thing, even if you don't need a bed, you're thinking, wow, I would love to try out Ghost Bed, but I just bought a bed. Refer someone else for a bed at ghostbed.com. You'll get a hundred bucks for helping someone else get a good night's rest. Wow. That's 30% off with SH302 code at ghostbed.com. A hundred bucks for your referral. If you get somebody else a good night's sleep, better sleep for you, better leadership, ghostbed.com. You can't beat it. Ghostbed.com. Mm-hmm.